This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Now it's time to talk about working with gang members. That's what Father Greg Boyle does here in L.A. Since he started Homeboy Industries in 1988, it's become the largest gang intervention program on the planet. This month, more than 1,000 former gang members and previously incarcerated men and women will walk through the front doors of Homeboy Industries, seeking a second chance to develop the strength and skills to change their lives. Homeboy runs nine enterprises— a bakery, cafes at L.A.'s City Hall and LAX Airport, and they also run stalls at farmer's markets. Homeboy has also helped 147 other programs in the United States and 16 outside of the country. Recently, we went down to Homeboy Industries in L.A.'s Chinatown to talk to Greg Boyle about his new book, Barking to the Choir, The Power of Radical Kinship. Barking to the Choir, wonderful book full of great stories. I love the one about Jermaine in his mid-40s. He's so Jermaine is a guy who, after 20 years in prison, you find him to be gentle and kind, and you ask him, how did someone as gentle and kind and tender as you end up on high-control parole? Remember that? Yeah. And he says, um, rough childhood? <laughs> and it just cracked me up. But his mom, uh, he was a prostitute and a drug addict, and father died, and I think he was nine. And um, she rented an apartment, put uh, this kid and his two younger brothers in an apartment, and she, he never saw her again. And so uh, he would go down to different uh, people's homes and in the neighborhood and sit there and say, we ain't leaving till you feed us, mm. which just broke my heart. And... Uh, he worked for us for a time. He was a gentle, good soul. Uh, let's talk about the title of your new book, Barking to the Choir. Uh, it's, it's, you know, you say you don't want this book to be homies say the darndest things, but really I think you could have a bestseller with that title. This one is particularly kind of eloquent in the, uh, the phrases it combines. 
Yeah, well, it was a, a, a homie from the bakery who was uh, kind of coloring outside the lines and late and bad attitude. So I called him in and I uh, and I said, uh, uh, you know, kind of running it down to him. And then he he uh, kind of stops me and he goes, "Relax, you're barking to the choir." <laughs> so he combined. It was a combo burger of. Uh, Barking up the wrong tree and uh, preaching to the choir. I, I remember listening to as when he said it. I said, "Oh my God, that's the title of my next book." <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. Your title is also about kinship. Kinship means something specific, something about members of uh, of rival gangs. Well, yeah, I mean that's kind of in the granular sense of things around here. It's enemies working together and discovering that they're they're more united and than divided and but homeboy wants to be what the world is ultimately invited to become which is a community of kinship a place where the illusion of separation is is obliterated you know where there is no us and them where there's just us connected to each other so that's the goal that's god's dream come true i think that's the only thing i think that will quench God's thirst is that you have an example of a guy you call Lorenzo whose car broke down and he calls his old uh, friends in the gang that's right yeah and he was a baker one of our bakers and uh he said that his car broke down in the middle of no damn where he said <laughs> and so he goes I know you're not gonna like this but I called my homies one homie after another and 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 they said you know I really can't right now I'm at my Swagata's house, or I'm at my whatever, or and uh, at my mother-in-law's house, or whatever the excuse was. One, two, three, they just couldn't come and help him. So he didn't know what to do. So he called his worst enemy in the world, who he works side by side with in the bakery. And, uh, and the guy says, I'm on my way. Which it just, and when he said that, that sentence, I'm on my way. He just started to choke up. He couldn't even believe himself that the guy, his worst enemy from the worst neighbor, from the worst enemy gang, worst rival, did. So it was a kind of an eye opener in terms of you discover a bond that's even deeper, even greater. So these are guys who uh, work together in the bakery. You used to say, Nothing stops a bullet like a job, which always sounded fantastic, but you've sort of changed your thinking about that. Well, I mean, it sounds fantastic to us, too, except that we've kind of grown beyond it. Because in the early days, all we did were jobs, so we didn't have our enterprises, we didn't have this program. We just dispatched gang members to employment. And we thought, there you go. Nothing stops a bullet like a job. But then we discovered that you know, people, there was no healing and there was no resilience. So if anybody threw a monkey wrench into the life of this guy, say his lady leaves him or something like that, well, then, you know, suddenly he unravels. He goes back to to gang life. And um, so we, we thought, well, they were missing a piece. So we, we discovered on our own that an educated inmate may or may not uh, reoffend, and a employed one may or may not reoffend. But we came to this absolute 
guarantee that a healed gang member won't ever go back to prison, period. What kind of healing uh, is this? Healing from exactly from what? Well, every gang member who walks through our doors walks comes in as what you might call a disorganized attachment. You know, mom was frightening or frightened, and you can't calm yourself down if you've never been soothed. So it's all about trauma. So the profile of kids who join gangs are the same, you know, you know, despair, trauma, or mental illness. And, and they're on a continuum of severity. Some people more mentally ill than despondent, you know, or some more traumatized than mentally ill. So just as you would want as a society to, to, you know, infuse hope to kids for whom hope is foreign or to heal the traumatized or to deliver mental health services in a timely, culturally appropriate way, in the same way, gang members are still dealing with the same three things. So you want to find relief and you want them to become friends with their own wounds so that they can cease to despise their own woundedness and despise the, the wounded other. And uh, so that's kind of a key thing. But once they do that, you know, healing ends in the graveyard for all of us. But, but the truth is, there's a kind of essential foundational healing if you, if you surrender to it. And so we, you know, we figured 18 months, because that's just the same time that some uh, kind of uh, developmental moment happens in the life of an infant. The same thing here. At the end, people, they're ready to separate. They're always going to be connected to us, for sure, you know. You quote in the book uh, one of your uh, homies who, who says, I guess I just got the wrong mom. Yeah. I mean, it... it it's his mom and their relationship was terrible. No father to speak of. This all sounds great, but I'm sure that people at Homeboy have problems at work. They don't show up, they screw up, they get high, they get violent. What what do you, what happens then? What? Never. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like a rehab. You know, um, relapses happen. So you just, you know, when people test dirty, we try to, we don't want to, it's not about gotcha, it's about help you, you know. So if it's meth, we send them on to, to rehab. If they don't go to rehab, we say, come back when you're ready, we love you. And uh, how many who get sent away come back? Mostly all do. They all come back. In fact, right now I look out there and they're all folks who, some are graduates and some are wanting to come back, you know. And it's interesting because it doesn't work the first time, maybe not the second time, maybe the third time, you know. It's, in fact, the f guys who run the place are, are those profiles, you know, who it took them three tries and then they... So it's, it, it's like rehab where you say, uh, you know, they'll say at the end of a meeting, keep coming back, it works if you work it, you know. Let's talk about the police. Your your work is all about uh, kids who kill kids, uh, but of course we've all learned a lot about kids who get killed by the police, young black men, especially. I'm from St. Paul, where a cop killed Philando Castile, wonderful young guy. If you ask the police, not so much here in L.A., since the department has changed so much, but 
police other places will tell you they want to make life miserable for gang members. Seems like you should be working with the police as well as the gang members, and maybe that's part of the reason the police in L.A. have changed so much over the last five or ten years. Yeah, I, you know, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years, so I've seen the change in how the attitude of, of law enforcement has really been. It isn't what it used to be. And, um, but that's a tough nut to crack. You know, part of the thing is demonizing is always on truth. So 30 years ago, there was wholesale, widespread demonizing of the gang members, especially on the part of the law enforcement. So I always say the first 10 years was marked with death threats, bomb threats, hate mail, but, but never from gang members, but it was mainly from police. Hmm. Oddly enough, you know, the hate letters, anonymous hate letters would say, I'm a sheriff, I'm a cop, I'm LAPD. And I hate you, you know, you're part of the problem, you know. So it's a short hop to demonize uh, if you demonize gang members, they demonize the person who helps them. So, but that has changed. You wouldn't really say that that's part of the landscape nowadays. But part of it is because the higher echelon leadership won't tolerate it, you know. But if they can get away with it, maybe they do. And it's kind of uh, how much can that trickle down from the leadership down to the rank and file. But it's, it's simply not what it used to be. But that's, that's kind of the, how unsophisticated law enforcement can tend to be. And I don't know how do you address that un, lack of sophistication. Because it, for them, it's all about get the bad guy. Well, if there really are no bad guys, I've been doing this for a long time, I've never met one, you'd think I, I have met one, you know? Like right now, I just had these kids, four kids in a car came in, knuckleheads, you know? But you look at them and they're orphans, they're mentally ill, they're hugely traumatized they they're they're utterly despondent but i can't find a single i can't find badness in them you know and that's not because i'm naive i i would like to think that that that's a sophisticated take on these guys you know and but if they're the bad guys then it doesn't really matter if you have a case it doesn't really matter if you had reason to stop them. It doesn't really matter even if this guy goes to prison for the rest of his life and you know, d this detective knows that he didn't do it, but you know, he's the bad guy. So how could it possibly matter, mm -hmm. you know? You have some fabulous quotes in the book from Hafez. I don't remember a book of Hafez in the Bible. Well, Hafez, it's one of the Sufi poets, and there are lots of them, and he's a favorite of my Rumi and lots of people. Yeah. I also wanted to ask about your uh, health. You were diagnosed with leukemia about 15 years ago. You, I know you have a, a, a cold today, but how are you doing otherwise? Oh, I'm fine. So it's a chronic thing over the 15 years. Of probably usually every other year I have to do something immunotherapy or radiation or uh, you know I've done chemo so there's you know you just it happens you do it you take a time out and handle it and come back so double bacon cheeseburgers will probably kill me before leukemia does 
in the early days, uh, homies would come in. I, I hear your cancer's in intermission, you know. And I'd say, yes, apparently it's stepped out to the lobby to buy popcorn. Greg Ball, the founder of Homeboy Industries, his new book is Barking to the Choir, The Power of Radical Kinship. It's a wonderful book. Thanks for talking with us today, and thanks for everything you do. Thank you, John. It's been an honor. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.